Hello, everyone, and welcome to Third Eye with Lorelai. I'm your host, Lorelai, where we talk all things metaphysics. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Third Eye with Lorelai. I am your benevolent host, Lorelai. <laughs> Thanks for coming back again. And I'm so excited to talk to you about this topic this week and this crystal, which I like was so fascinated by. So I'm really excited to bring all this up with you and, um, and tell you all about it. I hope you guys had a wonderful week. I had an amazing week, actually. I, uh, I had the most beautiful tarot reading with a dear friend. Um, her name was Celeste. And oh my God, like her, her grandmother came through and it was just like the most heartwarming, most lovely feeling I have, I have felt in so long. And so I was just so, so happy that I got to be there with her and got to actually feel her grandmother's energy and feel her energy, which was so sparkly and beautiful and childlike and wonderful. So I just love reads like that (laughs) where you just get to experience another person's energy and it's just beautiful and great. So anyway, I'm not going to go too much into it either way. It was, it made my week really special. So thank you Celeste for that. Anyhow, let's start, shall we? Let's start with the crystal of the week. Now I just have one this week because I feel kind of like I've been really plowing through the crystals with some tenacity and like, oh, I'm kind of running a little bit low on my list here. So I'm going to dial it back just just a little bit, not too much. Don't worry. I'm still going to have amazing crystals and everything. Just maybe like one or one (laughs) so that I have more that I can share with later. So anyway, the crystal that I picked for you guys this week is Cinnabar. So when I was looking this up, I thought it was really interesting because it seemed like it was kind of toxic. And so I was like, Oh, like, can we, should, should I talk about that? Like, is that a thing? So anyway, um, yes. So Cinnabar, I actually couldn't find this in either of my books, which I was kind of bummed about, but I did find it on a website that I do use, um, healing crystals for you discover the healing power of crystals.com or it's healingcrystalsforyou.com. And they have a really great section on Cinnabar. So this is what they say about Cinnabar. Use the Merchant Stone to aid wealth creation. Cinnabar has strong metaphysical properties and it is known as a stone for manifestation and wealth creation and has been labeled the Merchant Stone. The energy of the stone may bring an increase of wealth into your business. This stone is also powerful for awakening mystic vision, and this may empower you to complete your divine purpose for incarnating at this time. It is a stone of transformation, of magic, alchemy, and healing. It aids enhanced communication and inspired thinking, and may be used to align all of the chakras and release fear and resentment. So where is Cinnabar from, and what is its meaning? This stone has been found in a number of locations, including Mexico, Spain, Serbia, China, and the USA. The meaning of the name Cinnabar comes from the Persian word meaning dragon's blood, and are also called Cinnabarite. Cinnabarite, yeah. 
It may be deep red crystals. Oh yeah, it may be deep red crystals found intergrown with stilbite, which has a very supportive energy, or they may occur as tiny red spots included in quartz. These powerful healing crystals often occur either intermixed with quartz in the same stone or alongside quartz crystals. This is an excellent combination for metaphysical purposes as the quartz serves to amplify the vibration. As this stone contains mercury, okay, so here's why I was like, ooh, can, can we use cinnabar? Is that okay? Is it toxic? So it contains mercury. It should not come into contact with your skin. If you have it inside a very strong sealed cloth bag, the vibration will come out into the room without you having skin contact. But take care how you manage your use of this stone and ensure you use it sensibly. A stone of mysticism and spiritual transformation. This is a stone that brings mystic psychic visions and it has a powerful resonance that assists the awakening of your spiritual potential. It has powerful metaphysical properties within the third eye chakra and this strong vibration may create the conditions required to aid your life to progress in alignment with divine will. Your creative gifts resonate from within your sacral chakra, and this stone has a strong energy that may enhance your creativity. The third eye chakra strongly relates to inspired thinking and access to your innate inner knowledge. This crystal will link the third eye chakra with the lower chakra, specifically the sacral chakra and base chakra, and this stone's ability to link these chakras is very powerful. It has powerful metaphysical properties that encourage you to think in a more inspired and spiritually creative way. This connection between the spiritual world and the physical world makes this a potent stone. By bringing spiritual insights from your third eye to the lower chakras, they may be brought into physical reality to manifest ideals and to manifest money. Why would you use it? Who should use it? I feel like that's a really funny question after like saying to manifest money. It's like, well, who doesn't want to manifest money? <laughs> Sorry, little segue there. This stone resonates strongly within the sacral chakra and base or root chakra, and this energy is known to enhance the awakening of your kundalini. It will encourage a stronger flow of life force energy within these lower chakras, where it is known to stimulate sexual feelings and may enhance personal relationships. It is known to also help you to release fear and resentment and to deal with hurt feelings, anger, and jealousy and stop you from taking issues to heart. Cinnabar has a strong vibration to ground excessive energy, taking any excess down via the base chakra to the earth chakra to facilitate spiritual grounding. This makes it, a, makes it a helpful stone to use for enhancing your personal relationships as any excess of energy will safely dissipate to the ground. So how to use it? It will aid you with developing intuition and brings an increase in your mental alertness, ingenuity, and your ability to think more directly and creatively. Cinnabar stone is a powerful transformation crystal that encourages you to use its energy to fully embrace your inherent genius. It is a powerful stone to use during meditation as it enables you to better understand the flow of energy from the divine source to the physical world. The stone will encourage a greater flow of this energy to the physical body. When used in meditation, cinnabar stone may enable you to better understand how this process works. It is known as an excellent stone to have in your business to manifest money. It may help you to ascertain where problems are that may block your abundance. 
The best way to use it is to keep it close to where you receive your money, as this method has been known to bring an increase in income. It can be kept in a sealed box or container near where you receive money and the energy will still be able to benefit you. It also aids salespeople as it will increase your assertiveness and may aid your speech to be more articulate and more persuasive. This may bring an influx of abundance and prosperity into your life. It is also known to stimulate an increase in self-confidence and to facilitate, sorry, I can talk, (laughs) and to facilitate more fluency in your communication. (laughs) Funny how I stumbled over that (laughs) sentence. (laughs) Sorry, I giggle at myself, I can't help it. Use for manifestation and wealth creation. This is a stone for manifestation and wealth creation and has been labeled as the merchant stone. This is a this is because it's commonly it commonly is a powerful stone to bring an increase of wealth into your business. Because cinnabar links the third eye chakra with the lower chakras, it encourages your thoughts to be more inspired and spiritually creative. It has been known as a stone of transformation, of magic, alchemy, and healing. It may be used to align all the chakras and release fear and resentment. This is a powerful stone for awakening your mystic vision to allow you to complete your divine purpose for incarnating at this time. So how will it help you? Cinnabar stone has a positive effect at the physical level and is a strong stone to aid the healing of the physical body. It may be used to align all of the chakras and it has been said to give those who wear it long life as it is known to enhance your life force. Its energy vibrates strongly within the navel chakra to aid the healing of sexual or fertility issues. This stone is known to aid the healing of a number of different health problems. It is said to help the healing of blood disorders and to improve the overall physical strength of the body. This mineral is a strong booster for the immune system. It may help the body to heal deep-seated and ongoing infections, including staph or bacterial infection. It is known to aid the healing of underlying problems causing weight issues. It is excellent to use if you have skin eruptions, such as boils. So that pretty much covers cinnabar. Isn't that an interesting crystal? Like I, first of all, you know, I knew that cinnabar had some like toxic things about it so it's good to learn that oh it's because it's mercury that's in it so you know you'd have to like put it in some sort of vessel in order to actually utilize it in your practice but how amazing some of the um, the energy that it holds to help you in your practice I mean I would like to get my hands on some cinnabar just saying (laughs) so anyway let's move on to the quotes of the week So this one I found, and I just love this. So it is, we must outgrow the need to one-up our fellow human being and come together as one planet and one race with one ancestry and one destiny. We must realize that we are the creators of our world. If one of us suffers, we all suffer. Let us not suffer any longer. And that is from the, ooh, the, Enchiridion, the Enchiridion of Metaphysical Humanism. I don't know. I thought it was really pretty. I think it's it's good to have some unification quotes every now and again because I feel like we are in some deep need of some unification. Let me just say because I feel like there's been a lot of separation in our world as of late, and having some unification is. 
I think I think as we move into this sacred feminine, this this feminine energy, which I am going to cover, I promise. It's not going to be this episode, but it will be soon. I promise. The moving into this feminine energetic is, I think, is it? It's just. I feel like it's really challenging for a good portion of the world, and so coming together in unity sounds like a really great thing right now. So I'm holding out hope, everybody. I'm holding out hope. So anyway, the things that I wanted to discuss today as the topic is the difference between empaths, psychics, mediums, and intuition, and light workers. Now, there actually is a big difference between an empath and a light worker. And I'd like to thank Fernie Whoever personally, because I feel she had pointed that out to me in, in one of my past episodes that I had kind of interchangeably used empath and light worker. And she was like, there is a difference. And I'm like, yeah, there totally is. And I'm so grateful that she actually took the time to give me some of that information and just to kind of pull that out because I am very much new at everything. So I am learning with all of you. So, and some of you may already know, and you're just kind of like, duh, Lorelai, of course there's a difference. (laughs) Well, we're going in it today. So we're going to dive in and talk about this. So anyhow, so let's talk first and foremost, what is an empath? So an empath, I got some of this information from, I, I liked this, this blog post. I think that she, this, this woman that wrote it had a couple of really good things to say. Um, however, there are some things that I was kind of like, uh, well, maybe we can expand a little bit more on that, you know, but I did have another, I have two, two posts that I want to talk about. And I think that the, I think that the second one will be really, really good. It'll kind of bolster the first. So at any rate, so the, the first one is forever hash or not hashtag, uh, hyphen transforming.com. And the name of the blog is Difference Between Empaths, Intuition, and Psychics, Mediums, and Channelers. So what she says about empaths is that you have the difference between showing empathy and showing sympathy. Empathy is you truly feel what the person outside of you is going through. And when you are sympathetic, you you understand what they are going through, but you don't necessarily feel it. An empath is someone with the strong, a strong ability to feel the emotions and energy and thoughts of others. Sometimes the feeling is so intense, the person or the empath ends up withdrawing from others to protect themselves. A lot of empaths will hate this and look at it as a curse, that it really is overwhelming and draining, which is absolutely true. If you're listening to this and you're in an empath, you're like, uh, yeah, all the time. I just, I can't, I can't even, (laughs) but it doesn't have to be this way. It's truly, truly a gift. And if managed, it becomes one of your psychic powers or clairsentience, which is clear feeling. Intuition is something that we all have and can learn as a tool to trust. I think All other gifts described require a good sense of intuition, but the main difference that separates someone who is just intuitive and someone who is a psychic is that intuition usually involves information about the self and circumstances that affect our lives. Also, a psychic can turn on and off their power, whereas intuitives just get a flash of insight out of the blue, usually because it is helpful or helping them guiding them from a current situation they're experiencing. 
and I, I put a note in here that this, I feel like this is the realm in which you experience your spirit guides as well. They assist you via your intuition or your higher knowing to guide you through circumstances. So psychics, being psychic involves relying on your five senses and our logical brain to gather and process information. So here are the four major intuitive abilities. Now we've gone over the clairs, but let's let's go over these specific four clairs just for the sake of it. So clairvoyance is clear seeing. It is an inner seeing, which is where psychics and mediums live. Clairsentience is clear feeling. This is the ability to receive intuitive messages via feelings, emotions, or physical sensation. And this is where I feel a lot of empaths live. They have developed or innate clairsentience in which they encounter the feelings of others. Some in such a visceral way that they don't know how to discern their own emotions versus other people's emotions. Clairaudience or clear hearing, which is hearing of spirit and telepathy. And I feel like this is where mediums generally live. And I feel like some psychics can live here, but I I think that that's like the both thing. Because remember what I was talking about with, um, with Samantha Ochoa, she said, not all psychics are mediums, but all mediums are psychic. Because I believe mediums have both the clairaudience and the clairvoyance because they can actually engage and listen and hear uh, spirit and uh, past loved ones. And then there's claircognizance or clear knowing. And this is where the psychics also live um, and uh, mediums as well. Being a psychic, you can see versus feel empath and, and that which is an empathic quality whereas being a medium means you can communicate with the other spirits from the spiritual realms or other planes. So a medium are all of these things impart a healthy intuition. However, being psychic, medium, or a channeler doesn't necessarily mean you're an empathic. You could be, but you don't have to. Some are born with the true gift of being a psychic medium or channeler, whereas empaths, which is in itself is a gift, could go and develop any of the above gifts once they are able to manage and control their sensitivity. All mediums are also psychic, but not all psychics are mediums. Ha, see, told you guys. <laughs> Says it right here. <laughs> a medium is a psychic who has the fine-tuned has fine-tuned their extrasensory perception and can connect with other spirits and other dimensions. If a medium, for example, uses their clairaudient abilities to perceive information from clients, humans with spirit, They are transferring this tool of hearing to receive information from spirit without a physical body. Mediumship is the practice of certain people known as mediums to purportedly meditate, mediate, sorry, mediates communication between spirits of the dead and living human beings. There are different types of mediumship, including spirit channeling and Ouija. Now a channeler. Channeling is when a person's body is being taken over by a spirit for the purpose of communication. <sighs> that um, I'm not gonna lie, that kind of um, that kind of like makes me kind of afraid in some kind of way. I don't know why. Like, I'll have to meditate on that a little bit. Lorelai will be fine. Don't worry. <laughs> I will be fine. Don't worry. It's just like 
the thought of somebody, maybe it's just a control thing that I have, but the thought of somebody taking over my body to speak, I don't know, that, again, a control thing has to be. Channelers, also sometimes known as psychic mediums, often use what are called spirit guides, friendly spirits who give them knowledge and help them on their spiritual journeys. Channelers are basically psychic mediums with a specialty. They focus on communicating with spirit guides, ascended masters, and angels. Traditionally, channelers are channeling messages from advanced spirits, usually to communicate spiritual wisdom about life and the afterlife. The main difference that separate a channeler and a medium is that a channeler's body is taken over by the spirit when communication is happening. Channeling is very hard work for many humans, as the channeler has to be able to shut down their own rational mind, ego, logical processor, and personal belief systems to allow messages to flow through them. So I think that's probably why the reason I get a little bit sweaty palmed, if you will, <laughs> for read about channeling. And maybe I, I have a feeling that that will change within me maybe because, you know, I, that's just part of my work, right? So anyhow, the, that's the end of that blog post, which I thought was, was good. I feel like there's probably, I felt like she was good about like kind of defining each thing, but I feel like there's, she didn't define light working. And, um, you know, when I had asked Fernie, whoever about, um, you know, the differences between an empath and a light worker, she sent me this. And what's funny is I actually looked up the exact same article almost like at the same time. It was real crazy. We are so connected, Fernie. <laughs> Anyhow, this, um, was from empathdestiny.com and the name of it is difference between being an empath and being a light worker. And it says it's by Chris with a K. Lightworkers are working diligently to save our planet and save us from ourselves. Something that comes up all the time in my empath support groups are people who take on the pain and sicknesses of others. While this has been mentioned as an empath trait, I believe that it actually delves deeper and is a sign that the person is actually a lightworker and a healer as well as an empath, but still two different things. They just work very well together. The basic list of the traits of an empath that has been circulating the internet for a few years now is fairly straightforward. However, you'll see crossover with other areas such as lightworkers, indigos, HSPs, or highly sensitive people or highly sensitive persons, psychics, mediums, and even aspects that are levels of ascension. Since all these are going on at the same time, it's understandable, but still frustrating since not all traits point to the same thing. The long and short of being an empath is feeling the emotions of others as if they were your own. The following list is the one that can be found in some form or another every time you Google traits of an empath. Keep in mind that once an empath has learned control of their gift, these traits aren't there anymore. We can mostly handle the bad aspects, including health issues, and we just utilize our gifts to help others. Therefore, if you are just now looking at this list of empath traits but are in control of your gift, try to remember what it was like before you learned that control. So the first thing is feeling other emotions as if they were your own. The next thing is overwhelmed in public places. Then watching violence, cruelty, or tragedy on the TV is unbearable. And four, you know when someone is not being honest. Five, digestive disorders and lower back problems. Six, 
always looking out for the underdog. Seven, others will want to offload their problems on you, even strangers. Eight, constant fatigue. Nine, addictive personality. Ten, drawn to healing, holistic therapies, and all things metaphysical. Eleven, you're creative. Twelve, love of nature and animals. Thirteen, need for solitude. Fourteen, gets bored or distracted easily if not stimulated. 15. Finds it impossible to do things they don't enjoy. 16. Strives for the truth. 17. Always looking for the answers and knowledge. 18. Likes adventure, freedom, and travel. 19. Abhors clutter. 20. Loves to daydream. 21. Finds routine, rules, or control imprisoning. 22. Prone to carry weight without necessarily overeating. 23, an excellent listener. 24, intolerance to narcissism. 25, the ability to feel the days of the week. 26, will not choose to buy antiques, or, yeah, will not choose to buy antiques vintage or secondhand. How interesting. Well, I guess that makes sense because that energy can be in vintage and antiques. I get that. Okay. I'm on board. I get it now. 27, sense the energy of food. 28 can appear moody, shy, aloof, and disconnected. So anyhow, this is what they say as what 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 the traits are of an empath. So as, as they stated earlier, there are some similarities to light workers and empaths, but the attempt to categorize an empath as simply a light worker is wrong. Not all empaths are light workers, and not all light workers are empaths. But yes, it is quite possible to be both. Doreen Virtue has this to say about lightworkers. Lightworkers are those who volunteered before birth to help the planet and its population heal from the effects of fear. Each lightworker is here for a sacred purpose. Very often, however, life on Earth with its material focus creates a form of amnesia in lightworkers. They then forget their divine and perfect identities and also their abilities to miraculously help the earth and all living creatures. When lightworkers forget their true identity and purpose, they feel lost and afraid. The traits of a lightworker are generally comprised of these aspects. I'm not going to say one, two, three anymore. I was trying to, I was, I was starting to get bored with that. So I'm just going to list them off. You are sensitive to energies or possibly even possess the empath gift as well. You may be a psychic medium. You feel strongly about environmentalism and the treatment of animals. You feel an affinity to the healing arts and have explored many healing modalities. You are very aware of your own fears and the fears of those around you. You experienced a strong spiritual awakening. You love being around people, but also need your alone time to recharge. You feel called to heal others. You want to resolve the world's social and environmental problems. You believe that spiritual methods can heal any situation. You have had mystical experiences such as a psychic premonition or an angelic encounter. You have endured harsh life experiences that eroded the knowledge of your divine perfection. You want to heal your own life as a first step in healing the world. You feel compelled to write, teach, or counsel about your healing experiences. You feel a sense of time urgency to fulfill your mission before you know that you are here for a higher purpose or even if you are unsure what it is or how to fulfill it. You are aware of the power of your thoughts and your ability to manifest. 
Of all the aspects of the differences between series, Lightworker is the most likely shared gift of the empath. So that's, that's pretty much it for the differences between an empath and a light worker. Now, I thought it was a really good idea to explain some of those other things as well, just because, you know, why not? Why not have that different information? Although we have gone over that a few times. I thought I, I like going over it again. <laughs> and maybe some of you needed a refresher. Maybe that's what it was, but I digress. Anyhow, that's pretty much it. So that is the difference between a light worker and an empath versus a medium and a psychic and a channeler. I hope that you guys got a lot out of that. I sure did. I was, I'm really glad that I did this one because I kind of, I felt really bad that I, you know, interchangeably put light worker and empath, even though they can be both, there is a difference. And now we know. And the more you know, right guys, the more you know. So anyhow, that's pretty much it. And I totally look forward to talking to you guys again soon, as always, because I just love telling you guys all the things that I dig up. So at any rate, have a beautiful week, everybody. Love and light to you all. Talk to you soon. If you find yourself interested in receiving an intuitive tarot reading, contact me at 3rdeyelorelei at gmail.com or you can message me on my Instagram at 3rd.eye.with.lorelei or on Facebook at Third Eye with Lorelei Podcast to set up a reading. I can do Zoom or we can meet in person as long as we are wearing those face masks and practicing social distancing just to be safe. As always, love and light to you all, and I look forward to reading you soon.